All right, hello. Welcome to the Facing the Gates podcast. I am Bailey. I'm Michael. And I'm David. This week, we're talking about consciousness. Ooh. What does it mean? Why, where, all right, so, how, <coughs> sorry. Uh, that's a very professional opening. Sorry about that. That's terrible. Uh, how has consciousness come about? Uh, is it something that is natural, that is like a byproduct of evolution, or does it require some sort of external cause like God? But uh, before we get into consciousness, uh, last week we were talking about morality. I just wanted to kind of touch base with you guys and kind of catch up and see what you, what, if you have any thoughts from last week that have sunk in. Uh, uh, basically we established that if you agree with the moral argument, which we pretty much all agree that, uh, morality is at least somewhat objective, which would be the, uh, if we're going to put a meta ethics stamp on it, it would be moral realism. Uh, so we, we all agree that there has to be some sort of objectivity to it. And I argued that you have to ground that objectivity in something, and it makes most sense to ground it in a being like God. Uh, so, what do you, what have you, what have your thoughts been? Because I know, I know you're stewing last week. Has that sunk in with you any, I at mean, all, Michael? One of my things is I believe in that minus the like God part, mm-hmm. due to my viewpoints. I believe there's always a right and a wrong, no matter what sector of life we look at. Even in animals, there's a right and a wrong. Because mm-hmm. we are, we're just packed animals with big brains. That's it. Yeah. So I think my views have kind of stayed similar to what they were. But, you know, I'm always on the brink of teeter-tottering. So Yeah. But you have to have, like, a reason for it to be objective. You have to have something for it to be objective without it becoming arbitrary. So what is that source that you would ground it in, if if not God? Natural law. For every action has a positive and equal reaction. So if I do evil upon another, evil will be done upon me. I don't like evil being done upon me, so therefore I'm not going to do evil upon another unless I'm ready for that equal and opposite reaction. So kind of like that classic law, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Yeah. The code of Hammurabi. Yeah. Take my take my eye, I'll take your eye. We're still all blind to the truth, but I got your eye. What do you think, David? Uh, about his statement or just kind of... Just in general. In general, I kind of stick... I, I, I've just kind of been sticking by how kind of what I said where it's like yeah right now evolution but if something else comes up I'll be more than happy to look into that and see like how it fits and if that would be just that one case or if it may be a hybrid of the two because mm-hmm. I mean evolution's not a perfect science it's just an explanation of how we got here as we have comprehended so far yeah, I don't know if like, and I probably said this last week, but I don't think evolution can fully explain morality. Like yeah. it can explain some I think... things, but I like like I said, it has to be objective. And when it comes to evolution, 
at least the mainstream form of it, Darwinian evolution is not objective in any sense. It's, it's kind of just chaos. It, it is chaotic. So how could something orderly come out of that chaotic sense? Yeah, and I think just kind of our perception morality still lays heavy in our culture, even if it, well, our because like there might be the true morals and we all kind of agree upon that. Mm-hmm. But in the viewpoint of your average person, that's not really thinking too hard into it. They're just thinking about how their culture perceives stuff and that can distort. And also to tie in our perception of chaos is arbitrary because how we drive in America, how we walk across streets and everything that yeah. seems pretty orderly, right? Uh, Depends. Depends on which area. But when you look at, say, India, have you ever watched? No. It is absolutely terrifying, but there's a method to the madness. There is order in their chaos. And you look in Britain, a lot of places don't have stop signs or red lights. You just kind of learn how to maneuver through what we would view as chaos, what they would view as normal. Yeah. So, I mean, even there... Everything's objective. We all subjective. You mean? Yeah, my bad. You go. But we all view through a skewed lens on how we perceive these things: chaos, order, evil, good, all that. So, well, I mean, I guess I I agree with you, sort of. But I think uh, I don't want to stay on this too long. But like when it when it comes to evolution, it, it seems like it is kind of just random. At least the way it's portrayed is that, at least the mainstream form, it seems like it's, when scientists are talking about evolution, it's like, oh, it, it, well, it's just natural selection. It just that's what happens. Yeah, thanks for just throwing out a wall and whatever stick stuck. But it isn't natural selection in itself. Order, the strong shall survive, those traits shall be passed because they were the best. Now there are cases where random ass traits survive. Because they're recessive. But you want the strongest, fastest, smartest to lead your creature forward. Yeah. So it's all all up in the fucking air. Yeah, I don't know. But beside that point, let's move on to our next. Yeah, let's move on to our actual topic. Um, So before we uh, actually get into it, uh, how would you guys, without looking at our definition, how would you define consciousness? To me, as the human experience of consciousness, consciousness, self-awareness and self-awareness on a secular understanding. So, and also understanding of situations Mm -hmm. as a conscious being, how you're interjected into them and how you being put there leads you to a million other choices so you can make one choice. Because, and it may seem like some days we're just running through the motions, but we know what the motions are. We know what our moves are. We know how we move, why we move. Mm-hmm. where something's more animalistic you're just going what's going to feed you and protect you so this move you make now might not feed you sooner but you know it's the right move to make or 
you know that this move will have a so consciousness is like a self-reflective kind of thing self-aware and self-reflective self-awareness more so yeah okay self-reflective that that's up for the bait but self-awareness definitely yeah what about you i'm pretty much in the same field mainly it's the kind of process in which you just identify that you are here you are essentially living Mm -hmm. so that self-awareness and your perception that you are aware of what you're doing is kind of consciousness. Yeah. So would animals be self-aware if they know they're living? Probably. Mm, not to the same. Well, I mean, they might be self-aware, but they may not be conscious the way that humans are conscious, you know? So I'm just going to read off uh, uh, a definition via dictionary.com of consciousness and we can we'll probably agree on it, but it, it would be uh, consciousness is awareness of one's own existence, sensations, thoughts, surroundings, etc. So I was going to also add um, like deep introspective thought, uh, the ability to compare various outcomes, observance of art and awareness of moral decisions to this definition. So I think, I mean, that's a pretty broad definition, but like that's, that a description of our experience of consciousness. I'd say that's pretty fair, because when you look at the animal world, you can find they might it. have bits and pieces you of that, but they don't an have animal it. With every one of them, except one. Yeah. So like, you look at some birds; they can use tools. They can recognize themselves, recognize others. They can weigh out various outcomes, but they might not be able to appreciate, say, art or. They might be able to appreciate art, but not understand one of the others. So I'd say that's pretty fair. Yeah, I, and even if, like, you want to say, like, you know, animals are aware of others, like, yeah, they may be aware of others, but they may not be aware of the way others perceive them and, like, they, the, the deep, like, implications that we have and when we're thinking of... Like, basically, you can take any of these things, and you can probably put a surface-level understanding in most animals, but to the level that we experience it is much deeper than animals, because otherwise you would have other animals competing with the human race. We are the only conscious human... We are the only conscious animals in that sense, basically. We're the true apex predators. And also, not necessarily about perceiving others but who those others are mm-hmm. to us we know who the other people are we can look on a list like that's all of them whereas an animal can will only broadly grasp that so we can make a reflective decision like okay when well, i'm talking about this these are the other people whereas when i'm talking about this all of these people over here are the other people if that makes any sense Whereas an animal is just going to see them all as others. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to have, like, the deep, complex thought of it. Like, they may not experience emotions the way that we do, or they may not consider weighing, like, outcomes, like which college they should go to or something. Like, they're not going to think about that that deeply. More abstract They're also not going to go to college. I don't know. They, They might have some... Bird or gorilla college? You were you were just playing the devil's so advocate today, the, aren't you? <laughs> kind of put simply, the idea to also 
kind of understand more abstract ideas like for us like college mm-hmm. it's a very abstract thought for just learning in general mm-hmm. because that's just something that for animals you have ingrained or you naturally learn like oh use this rock to crash that crack this nut yeah well i mean when you look at some animals though there is a hierarchy of knowledge yeah but it's like with humans and your college degree is nothing but a skill so if you look at say monkeys some are able to communicate better some are able to work better some are able to mate better yeah i was just putting that kind of like in the abstract sense of, oh, we have this kind of guideline instead of just naturally working on it. We have kind of a f- very rigid framework that, in the grand scheme of things, might not make sense. But it teaches us those skills. Yeah, because there are, are a lot of bullshit degrees. Don't forget that. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I guess... Uh, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry if you hear that. Some That's asshole a... revving his motor. <laughs> um, Probably with the squat. I guess. I guess. Uh, I, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, but like I, I think the uh, the real question of this episode is why are humans seemingly the only beings with this degree of consciousness, which is, I guess, in science and philosophy, known as the problem of consciousness. What do you do with that? Where does it come from? So that's a big that's a big question so I'm gonna turn it over to you to answer Michael there you go here's, here's you gotta 60 ask seconds that. or less oh <laughs> no. shit you put me on the spot I'm kidding no I mean I just I just wanna kinda get what like I mean I know like David mentioned last time he's like I have no fucking idea but I mean like I, I just kinda wanna know like what is your guys' educated guess as to how consciousness might have come about it might have came about on the self-reflection of hey me monkey me take fruit from tree fruit make other tree so me take this fruit me no have fruit next year that sounds so fucking stupid yeah I'm but <laughs> it's the self-reflection Sorry. upon your actions upon the natural order of things so if I cut this tree down to make me a home this tree's not going to be here next year to have fruit. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I will go hungry. Well, I mean, that could apply to a lot of animals, though. But is that not a stream of conscious? Because you are consciously aware of your actions and reactions upon the natural order of things. Yeah, but that could apply to a lot of other animals. I guess what I'm getting at is, if you want to say... But do they truly grasp it? Or is it more of an action-reaction thing? Do they truly understand why... That is versus it just is. Let me ask David before I before I answer. What yeah. what do you think consciousness comes from, David? Because uh, uh, I'm gonna answer I'm gonna answer probably both of you the same way. As you kind of noted, I I'm not sure. I'm guessing just pure. Uh, with with the glorious thing that we've thought up as evolution, just pure chaos, and somehow we're conscious. But it, as Michael said, it could be kind of a reaction of different little traits and tiny little dots. And like, oh, well, thinking's good. Thinking's like good. Like connections within your environment. And like, um, like, for example, one thing that really, in the idea of evolution, that pushed like, us to have bigger brains and be able to have kind of more little synapses and thought processes Big and brain. stuff. 
is like the e- cooking of meat. Mm-hmm. Funny enough. So I guess, A, I don't truly know the answer, but B, the more kind of intricate parts of evolution, like growing the brain, larger brain, could possibly mean more ability to have more consciousness. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it in the eyes of evolution, we didn't start just off the bat with full consciousness. We might perceive like, oh, our local surroundings, then this, then that. Then we start making art and appreciating it. All right, go ahead. But what good does that consciousness do for an animal? Well, yeah, What what is the evolutionary purpose of it? It allows the kind of little pack of animals the kind of species to survive longer as and also live longer but so they can breed more parrots live longer than us that they're not conscious that's kind of a broad statement yeah in my opinion able to understand your surroundings will lead you to a longer life not necessarily it could lead you to a shorter life on the simple understanding of how to allocate your resources because if you harvest everything here, mm-hmm. there's nothing next year. Absolutely nothing. You can destroy the earth in yeah. this section. I mean, look so, at our tortoise. She'll go outside when it's nice and eat as much grass as she can. All the dandelions, all the little clovers and everything. She she doesn't think about, oh, what about till later? Maybe yeah. I'll be hungry tomorrow. Nah, she just eats. She'll yeah. even eat stuff she's not supposed to eat. Or even further than that, there's nothing left for the next generation of creatures you bring upon this world. And then, once you realize that, you start to realize what creatures you need to make this whole area turn. Which can kind of lead us to why we went from hunter-gatherers to farmers. Because we know we have to be self-sufficient in returning those goods returning the natural order to the area but in doing so we also realize we destroyed the ecological economy of sorts mm-hmm. so I guess um, I-, I think my major question or problem with saying that evolution is like a big part of why we are conscious beings is I feel like we would see other conscious beings also by this time because according to the theory of evolution it's been millions of years that we've uh, taken to evolve this level of consciousness surely other animals would have had equal opportunity in time to, like, why, why are there not like you know like in Zelda like there's different like species that are all conscious beings like why do we not have other species that are like competing for the human race kind you of eat the other ones why why are the, why is the human race the only race that is this level of consciousness after all this time because if, under that theory we have the greatest power of all i can go to a store and buy something to kill any species in this world well i mean i'm talking yeah yeah in in the present sense yes but how did it get to that point is what we I'm killed the Neanderthals. We fucked them and killed them. Yeah. The Neanderthals fucked and killed the species before them. Okay, but why don't we have, like, fish people? Because? Because they are not sustainable. 
There's no way to communicate like me and you do if we were a fish. Not necessarily. They can... Dolphins use sonar. That's intelligence. That could be a form of consciousness, but there's still that language barrier. There's still barriers to understanding one another. Yeah. So there's no true answer on whether they are conscious or not. We can take a look at them using tools or mating or passing a puffer fish to get high. We can only assume... I mean, look at, like, octopuses. They can solve complex puzzles and escape. But yet... But we don't truly understand how they work and how they think because it's kind of the understanding how they work, how they think, is way more complex than kind of our comprehension and our time allows us. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we think of animals as simple beings. I mean, yeah, he... Human beings, we're kind of self-centered in that wordy highest order, the apex predator. Because essentially we are, though. Yeah. I mean... But that's that's present terms. Even in the past. Yeah. We have survived for a reason. How many species have we killed through our own means? I mean, the one of the core things is... Yeah, but how many other species have killed other species for their own means? And why several, have they but not... Who has conquered them all? Who has conquered every continent? Who has conquered every endangered species? Homo sapiens. We have evolved to be the apex predator, essentially starting by need, but now by force. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wanted to... This is probably a somewhat related, but not. Uh, if you, Regarding consciousness, um, would you guys say that consciousness is derived from the brain or do you think it is something else i don't know i want to believe it's derived by the brain and all these little neurons fucking banging off each other and allowing me to say these words to you to david but there's a greater question because there's no way for us to fucking know I can't go talk to a dolphin see if he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I can't go talk to a gorilla. I can barely go talk to a Spanish lady at my job without using a Google Translate on the phone. So I genuinely do not know. Yeah. What about you, David? I mean, in that aspect, pretty much in the same boat, though, I do lean more heavily towards... There has to be some physical, natural cause behind this. But, I mean, if someone can answer that big, great, unknown question of how it came, I'll be happy to listen. So, where do you stand? Well, well, before I, I get into the next point, I wanted to, to I guess, kind of push back. If, if, if consciousness is in the brain, and it, if, like, I, I know you guys aren't firmly in that camp, but, like, if it were the case that consciousness resides in your brain and it's just a part of your mental faculties, I feel like that's kind of self-defeating because you are causing neurons to fire and you're pushing atoms in your brain to move on your own. Like, like that's not a natural process unless someone is controlling you. Hold up. The body in itself. When you are sick, your body does things you do not realize. Your okay, body. Okay, that's that's different from. But your body is in itself. Thinking. But it is thinking for you. It is self-conscious because if I'm sick, my body makes red blood cells because it 
knows there's a threat and they can perceive that yeah. and they can perceive the next move. That's not a part of your consciousness though. Or is it? That's a part of your, your negative... automatic like what's the word? Autoimmune autoimmune system. That's a part like that's an automatic system that just functions without you having to think about it. But when when you're thinking about whether I'm gonna go to this college or this college or if I'm gonna drive here or I'm gonna bike here, you know, like that is a conscious thing that you're thinking about. But you know about the placebo effect, right? Yeah. So if I think I'm going to feel better and I feel better, is that a conscious decision? Depends. Because, I mean, like it, it... Hold on, say it one more time. If I say I'm going to feel better and I start feeling better, is that a conscious decision That's to good. feel better? It depends if... Well, it depends on what kind of pain you're having. Like, if you're having an actual physical pain, you saying I'm going to feel better might not actually do anything. But, but if you're if you're in emotional pain and you can kind of coach yourself mentally, then it might actually do something. So it just kind of depends on it. I mean, even with is. physical pain, like in drug trials, they can be people have been fed sugar pills and notice. An yeah, ink. I mean, the placebo effect is a thing. But yeah. how how does that relate to consciousness? Because it's your it's you telling your body you're going to feel better and your body telling itself it's going to feel better, essentially, because your brain is part of your body. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you are self-controlling in your own conscious. Yeah, and I because you are only what your conscious makes. We only perceive pain as we perceive pain. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we can only consciously understand pain as we understand it. So therefore, is it a conscious decision if you tell your body, "I'm not going to hurt anymore," and you don't hurt anymore, or I'm going to hurt and I'm going to feel like shit, and you start hurting and feel like shit is that a conscious decision there would have i'm i'm gonna hold off on that i would say you'd probably have to run a test and see like you know like is this a placebo effect going on or is there actually something at a chemical level like well, inter- the interacting placebo with effect this? does react your body does react chemically yeah Okay. It, not as strong as say an actual drug, but there is still your uh, body can... is making a slight change as it's expecting. Well, I mean, I, I guess that's the question: is like, can they detect a physical change when after you say that, or is it just some? It you just don't see anything change, but yet you feel different. I know you two fellas haven't seen as much fucked up shit as I have. Oh boy! But I'm gonna tone this down. I've seen two white women of the night. They weren't drinking water, but for PG-13 reasons, they were drinking water, and they thought it was <laughs> vodka. Uh-huh. And they so happened to get drunk, but it was just water. It's not, is that not telling yourself to tell your body that that was alcohol when it was just water? Is that not a conscious decision to decide to be drunk? That is a whole different realm of things but it's conscious because i'm not i'm i don't know though i don't know if that would be i mean i'm not okay i'm not saying that consciousness is completely separate from the physical aspect 
obviously it has some correlation. It, it, it's it's like a Venn diagram and it just kind of overlaps. Here's like the the mental and here's the physical and like it overlaps. That's consciousness. Yeah. So in that regard, that would just be an area that is overlapping. But there are parts of your consciousness, your conscious experience, that are completely mental, that have no implications physically. And then there's other parts of your consciousness that are entirely physical. See, that's, to me, that's kind of the beauty of this whole conscious idea. Mm-hmm. To me, your consciousness ties to your physical form more. So if you have a physical form and you can understand actions and reactions, therefore you have some form of consciousness and some form of, form of maybe not self-dialogue per se, because that seems more introspective, mm-hmm. but more of an understanding of me touch fire, me burn, or some shit like that, like a bug would think, oh, me fly, me find food. Yeah. That's a conscious decision ending up itself. To me personally. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think, being being self aware of that, at least, yeah. would be a conscious experience. Yeah. And I think these self awareness, heck, it could have just came accidentally. But, like, for example, as you said, like the observance of art and awareness of your moral decisions, it especially as we were going with moral decisions, it kind of dictates how a society should run. It's kind of the basic laws. And that's, of a, that's a really big deal. That so is like just the, very integral yeah, to us. And the comprehension of that yeah. itself would be kind of a net positive for your group to survive. So you're not just murdering each other. Um. And now the art thing, it, it's a little more iffy, but kind of how I see it is, kind of understanding the emotions of others in like probably the most abstract form we can understand it which is art mm-hmm. so and that can tie to kind of keeping the gr- your kind of cultural group together and kind of keeping the human race more kind of balanced together instead of straying off the path yeah. which leads to better survival power numbers and yeah the only thing is like kind of the self-awareness of your own existence because ooh that can be a deep dark spiral you can go dress when, when you kind of recognize that about yourself mm-hmm. because I mean like you, you can like because I kind of have the feeling most people don't kind of grasp that until later especially kind of about the same time one grasps their own mortality so yeah. when would you say you grasp that? It uh, varies person person, but I guess it kind of just like with my own mortality. That's that's just a part of like maturing. Yeah, when when someone like when someone you know, someone you part of your family passes, or like a pet you took care of passes, it's like oh yeah, they died. Okay, I'ma die. Like, you're not going to understand, con- uh, like, your mortality at the age of five in the same way that you would at the age of 15. I don't know, I'm not man. saying that you wouldn't understand yeah. it at all. I'm saying you will have a deeper understanding the older you are. You know what made me grasp yeah. my... Well, I guess it just varies person to person, too. And, and certain it, people certain people mature and yeah, because, mentally grow faster yeah, than be- others. And due to life, due to their body, it just varies. For some people, it could be... 
heck, three years old. For other people, it could be 25. Yeah. It's just, it's something we just don't know exactly why it happens. We just know it happens. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, you want to know when my concept of consciousness and morality started? Tell me, Michael. Tell me the story. All right. I was. Here we go. About five or six years old watching uh-huh. Animal Planet on channel 50. Yeah, it was 50. <laughs> yep. Because 51 was Nick. Nick. 50 How do I remember was that? Cartoon Network. Yep. And 56 was Comedy Central. <laughs> and 49, 49 was the history. And 27 was Discovery. All right. 50. Anyway, let's get to your story. <laughs> I was sitting there and it was like that late night Animal Planet uh-huh. shit. Yeah. And like a blue, no, a sperm whale died. And I, all of a sudden it hit me. All my actions have reactions. Everything fucking matters that I do to somebody. And I'm going to fucking die. And I just start fucking crying. Like, just bawling my eyes out. And I'm sitting there and I'm grasping the fact that I have to make conscious decisions from that point on. And that I will die. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's no way out of it. That's pretty existential for a five-year-old. I spent four hours on my top bunk, and this motherfucker was asleep. I was bawling my eyes out. No, well, we usually had it on Game Show Network. <laughs> yeah, because they showed titties. <laughs> but, dude, I guess that's why this kind of hits the meat a little harder. Okay. I've been thinking about this since I was five or six years old. Yeah. And so the understanding of consciousness has constantly been changing and it's understanding that and breaking that through which the bars that I was held within for so long in a mental state. Mm-hmm. But I, from that point on, I've been having to understand conscious decisions and making them versus just falling on natural reaction. Yeah. Which I, we all still do. Yeah. Sometimes things just happen so quick you can't make that decision. And Someone that, punches you, you're going to punch back, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess just to kind of bring it back to a hardcore level. I don't know. Why I keep. I don't know. Why I keep referencing that. that um, that's to be loved, <laughs> not last resort. Uh. Okay. So, just just to to summarize. Uh, I know you guys aren't like 100% like this is exactly where consciousness comes from. I've figured it out. Cracked the code. Uh, but it, like to remind everyone, what, what would you guys say is your position on where it comes from? Oh, shit. I if would... you don't know, that's fine. You can say that. But like if you're if you're inclined to think it comes from a certain thing or certain whatever it may here's be. how i'll put mine i'll say mine's at large but at this current point in time i feel it's a terrifying construct created by ourselves created by our own brains and it may tie into a more spiritual level mm-hmm. i can't prove that and i don't know that but when you study brains and how brains react to me personally there's a little bit of consciousness in anything that can react to something 
Now, granted, not the same level of consciousness me and you share because we're able to have this conversation and speak upon this topic. Right. And we don't know if birds have this. We don't know. So the only thing I can vouch for is that humans are naturally conscious beings, at least in the circles that I'm in, and that it comes from the brain, which may tie into a higher spiritual level. At least in the circles that I'm in. I can't say every human's conscious, because I don't know. All right. What about it's kind you? of terrifying being agnostic, ain't it? <laughs> what about you, David? Yeah, I, I mean, still not 100% sure, but kind of as I went through, like, a lot of the stuff, can you can put in the idea of, like, yeah, it would benefit, like, your survival. Now, the as I said, like, the ideas of like observing art like as you wanted to add plus one's own existence not sure how quite that ties in but like the art could be like an a- understanding the abstract emotions of one another but one's own existence i guess could just be the natural chaos that is evolution being like oh yeah here's that one extra thing uh also you're you're gonna know you're gonna die one day <laughs> as well and I guess maybe also understanding that so you're you are more aware of your actions mm-hmm. but still not quite sure art could be an interjection of one standing within the social structure they have created yeah it could be it could be what say that one more time it could to break it down simply art could be a way of showing hey I stand higher in this society because I understand this or I own this. So therefore, I am a better or stronger being than you. For lack of better terms. Well, well, yeah, but what does that matter? How is that not arbitrary? What evolutionary purpose does that serve? You rank higher than your other being, so therefore you are stronger and you are smarter. But if, if I like this kind of art and you like that kind of art... How does that are the, are make two, one of us better than the other? Are those two circles part of two different circles or the same circle? The same circle. For for the purpose of the argument, let's just say you like rap, I like rock. Well, which one ranks higher right now in the construct? It'd be hip-hop, rap. So therefore, I would, ha- I would naturally rank higher in the social hierarchy due to that construct we have created. And especially like in the olden days where high class, where like, high society people love like super weird art or mm-hmm. super like at one point super realistic it could be the difference from the possibility of mating with somebody and having a kid mm-hmm. like oh you know this yeah yeah let, let's talk or, or or simple survival because if you're a high-ranking member of society you don't have to fight on wars you don't have to worry about food what are you a fucking peasant <laughs> But yeah. granted, you would stand stru- higher in a rock-centered circle than I would, but I would stand higher in the general circle due to my grasping of the art. So therefore, that would lead to my survival. Back in the old days, it's weird to talk about humans now. Yeah, but how would that lead to your survival? That would just lead to your acceptance in social circles. Which could lead to my survival by not having not, to fight for food, yeah. by not having to fight for resources, not having to go fight in wars. Uh, again, which are but pointless. Art, art is a more modern invention. Not necessarily modern innovation. I mean, like what? What is modern? To, I mean, like since like 
I don't know, like the 1500s at least or so. Like at least since then that that's been. They found depictions of art older. Well, I'm not saying that there hasn't been art. I'm saying it's become more of a mainstream thing. Like there's music, like especially right now, there's like music, TV shows. The more modern observations about art. And that's kind of kind of an evolution of art in itself because art was very simplistic and just was more descriptive. Mm -hmm. Now the kind of perceptions we have about art is very both emotionally attached but also very much kind of understanding storytelling and comprehension yeah and in that case like as i said with like the hoity-toity people yeah you have to understand that because someone decides oh well i'm gonna make this abstract thing and y'all are going i i'm better than you i just don't know how you can make a strong case that like well, because I like this art, therefore I'm going to survive longer well, than it's you. Like because, like I said, because it's apex. a modern thing. It's not necessarily liking; it's understanding. Yeah. Because if I appreciate and understand the man who's writing history, therefore I am more likely to be put in the history. Therefore, I am more likely to live on, to gain notoriety, to gain even infamy, and to be understood on a greater level, which would mean. My name will carry on a lot longer to someone who said, you suck, or was just indifferent to it. Because at the end of the day, art is language. You look at, back at the oldest languages, they're nothing but figures drawn. To us, they look like draw, little sketches, little drawings. Mm-hmm. To yeah. them, that could have been their, you know, magnus opus, where it's like, this is it. Their magnum opus. Magnum opus, yes. Right. My brain is... <laughs> terrible because i really have to pee but But that will create my bloodline something to fall back on every time yeah because they're like hey my great granddaddy was writing this book or my granddaddy fought in the war yeah which will bring back a speaking point which will bring back history which will mean my place is forever in this place and also like the idea of our hierarchies is very based on our kind of primitive and ideas me strong me top and so oh well you put thought into it you the, it's not a direct correlation but those hierarchies we're very much oh we want to be top we got to be strong we got to do this we got to do that do this so it might not be exactly benefiting our survival but it's just kind of how things have been done and how our brain reacts to a challenge. I mean, look at how our brain reacts what we're attracted to, for fuck's sake. We look for shit that has no meaning. Mm. Yeah, we create meaning in it. A fat ass, D- there's depends. meaning in it. <laughs> depends. Some some nice lips. There's no meaning in it. Tattoos, I mean, piercings, f- physical qualities. None of it might has... not have meaning, but if there are more abstract mental qualities what meaning does that have you're supposed to fuck make a baby and die but if you want to make a better baby that's got that's not 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 gonna have genetic issues well we could be like rabbits and just fuck so much that there's an overpopulation of us well uh, on the don't have babies with problems uh, you need to talk about to like the old royal families first off, because they right. had that all wrong. <laughs> but I mean, and 
that that could be that, that's like a whole other topic and kind of like yeah i think we're getting a little the, yeah a little off topic so Mark i'm gonna ladders talking for me <laughs> consciousness that's what this episode's about all right so I'm, I'm just gonna bring it back uh you guys you basically michael's like it's i don't well i'll start with david because i won't misrepresent him he said it's probably evolution but i'm not really sure yeah because you, as evolution has the possibility of explaining some things, other things, not much. But that's kind of evolution. It it doesn't explain everything. But Michaels said kind of the same thing, but also it may have some kind of spiritual interface with it. Yeah, is that basically what you said? Yeah, it's all just, it's like just an arbitrary construct we created. Right. But there's probably, if my heart tells me the right thing, there's probably a spiritual correlation to it. Okay. More than likely, I could be fucking wrong. That's why I'm right. an agnostic. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm gonna, I wanna bring the actual David. You said you want to find a. If there was something that could explain consciousness that wasn't evolution, I'd hear it. So here you go. Here, here's the explanation. I'm bitch. Here, here, all right. So I'm gonna give you guys. Uh, this is actually a argument for God's existence called the argument from consciousness. And this particular formulation is from Peter Kreeft. Mm, Peter. So, Peter. Peter. Hey, Peter. Mm, I like Peter. Anyway, I should probably not bastardize Peter Kreeft. Sorry. Anyway, uh, one, we experience the universe as intelligible. This intelligibility means that the universe is graspable by intelligence. Two, either this intelligible universe and the finite minds so well suited to grasp it are the product of intelligence or both intelligibility and intelligence are the product of blind chance three not blind chance Four, the conclusion therefore this intelligible universe and the finite mind so well suited to grasp it are the products of intelligence so basically what that's saying is we are intelligent creatures this can't happen by chance there are it's more than likely that since we are intelligent creatures it is probably better explained that an intelligent creature created other intelligent creatures what do you guys think interjection here we go to have intelligence <clears throat> intelligence must be created yeah to create intelligence you must have intelligence who created that intelligence oh this is who created god isn't it not necessarily. Well, but couldn't okay. couldn't that line of thinking the, for, be led okay. for the sake of this argument? Yes, you could say that. But if we're getting more specific into like the Judeo-Christian God, he's an uncreated God, so that doesn't work he's because he's eternal. Time. He is abstract and beyond time. He if if we're going off the moral argument, he's necessarily moral. And necessarily intelligent and all-knowing, and based off of this, is an intelligent being that created other intelligent beings. But therefore, doesn't that heed way to that atheist view of where one intelligent being was created and therefore created other intelligent beings through blind chance? Because therefore, God Himself—that's not—was not created, but <clears throat> He happened upon blind chance upon our timeline. Because there's no proof that he was created. What part it's, of 
uncreated God. <laughs> Hold on. But you it's, can, how you, are you, you going to say did, it's blind chance that God exists? Because you cannot create anything that cannot be created. Nothing can exist without being created. Right. Because at some point, there draws a line in some people's view where something must be created. I can't just look at the ground like there's going to be a car there without making the car. I can't look at the universe and think there's a planet there without create the planet being created. Mm-hmm. So couldn't you see how someone... So couldn't you, couldn't you apply that to God, basically, is what you're saying? Not necess- I'm not saying me personally, but I'm saying couldn't you see how, say, an atheist... Would- I could see how someone would say that, and I've heard that objection, and they typically don't understand the uncreated God concept. I know it's complicated and it's not easy to understand that something could be eternal. And I mean, like even if, and this is kind of tipping into the origins of the universe, which we'll talk about next week, by the way, Ooh. uh, we're, we're going to point here. There's going to be a, a two parter next week on origins of the, un- well, not next week. It'll be the week after and this, whatever, you know, two parts. Uh, we're going to talk about origins of the universe, but like even under the, you know, Big Bang Theory, you know, you, you go mm-hmm. all the way back to the singularity. I what, hate that TV show. <sighs> I'm not talking about that. I know. Uh, you, you, can ha- you can go all the way back to that and say this is what caused everything, but okay, what caused that? And you, you, can, you can still play that argument and, and keep going in, in either side of it. But the thing that the the more philosophical God side of things is trying to get at is that God is the necessary moral source and intelligent source that is uncreated and eternal. You, you, if it were finite, if he were finite, then he would be contingent upon something else. But because he's not, he just is. I know it's like mind blowing to think about, but, that's that's the that's the shtick. Yeah. Let me say something for the people at home. Please note, I do not necessarily believe what I'm saying. I'm saying it to get answers out of people, and oh that boy. was a fucking good answer for his argument right there. Not that I believe it, but it's well thought yeah. out, well well viewed. Because kind of like what you were saying reminds me, well, what Michael was saying reminds me a lot of Futron, where um, Doctor Fonsworth and another professor, like oh, Homo sapien. What comes between that? Oh, what comes between that? What comes before that? And just that kind of back and forth of the infinite kind of word. Infinite regress. Yeah. Though the... It was a monkey. I I find this one just because of the or both intelligibility and intelligence are products of blind chance. Just how, especially how it's written, doesn't pull as strong of a like conciseness to me as say like last week's mm-hmm. so you would you would object to the fact that it, it could happen by blind, ch- blind chance basically well it, it's quite possible it could happen by blind chance that's kind of evolution it's blind chance yeah you All throw right. stuff at a wall whatever survives okay throw that stuff back at the wall so on so forth that's very much a blind chance based on modifications yeah. blind I, chance to whom 
I I disagree on that, but I'll I'll save that for the Origins of the Universe yeah. episode because we should probably stay on the consciousness yeah, uh, part. But yeah. what what was your objection that you were gonna say, like before he started talking? I just wanted to add in the fact that I don't necessarily believe what I'm saying, but I gotta get answers out of people. Oh oh okay, I thought and you were about to add something else. No, that's exactly what I want to say because that's the whole point of this thing. Let's get answers. Let's talk. Let's yeah yeah. Not just suck each other's dick like, oh, yeah, that's so right. Or that's so wrong. Wow. You know, let's just. Well put, Michael. This one's kind of like the opposite of morality because we all have a similar agreement. not necessarily the same, but a similar agreement on morality where this one's like, yeah, we vary a good little bit. Yeah. 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 But But that's the fun part. At the end of the day, the beauty and the terrifying part of this is we can only view this through our own eyes. Mm -hmm. So, therefore... It could all be by blind chance, or it could all be by higher powers reaching out and be like, and fucking shit happens. Yeah, but it, uh, it, I don't. Okay. And if, if it who, happened by blind chance, it would be a very miraculously blind chance for the odds. I mean, do you know the odds of life and very complexity small. of our existence to have existed? Do you know the chances of God? Existing in the grand scheme of things, well, outside bit. of a theistic viewpoint, when you talk to, say, an atheist uh-huh. or someone on the fence, the chances of either of those are equal and separate. Well, you that, well that's that's why you have to kind of take yourself out of the situation and say, okay, here's but, the naturalistic explanation, here's the supernatural explanation, which one makes more sense of everything. And that's yeah. kind of what the the whole point of these arguments for God's existence series of episodes that we're doing is to do is to kind of bring out like here are the major existential questions that everyone has, and here's what the scientific community tries to do to answer it, and here's what the religious community tries to do to answer it, and which one makes more sense and which one's more parsimonious. Yeah, and I love shit like the, the that. plague. The kind of the the six side might have a little easier chance to explain it because there is that answer where scientific is just trying to figure out everything it with our comprehension. So yeah. we could do a whole episode on like so it's quite it's just science being just trying the, to explain everything. Yeah, just on the anti theist yeah, because these are like very philosophical yeah. questions so that I, I mean, don't think science and can as necessarily we've explain. Before I mean. Heck, early scientists were part of like the Catholic church and stuff and like religion and science don't have, don't have to fight. Yeah. I just, agree. just kith, kith, make, make love. I mean, not necessarily. Not There's always a good, it's a good thing to have healthy arguments. It's a Venn diagram. Discuss. Yeah. There's sometimes an overlap and sometimes they're separate. Yeah. Like we're here's, separate, but sometimes we overlap. Yeah, here's the so. hyper side. Here's the hyper side of this. And, Everything's just kind of there. What is it? You just got to okay. find it. You, you're, that was your sound effect for the Venn diagram coming together, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I was thinking of how to I forget there's for the not people. a camera I was trying, here. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what is he doing. <laughs> All right. But, but, yeah, it's mainly, like, because it is written in a deistic point of view. Right. What he's said and just especially the addition or both intelligibility and intelligence are products of blind chance just that possibility 
mm-hmm. if he had a way to explain like yeah there's why it's not blind chance yeah if yeah. he had a like stay tuned for next week when I do that no just, yeah just <laughs> if there was like more written about that yeah it would either steer well it could have two things it could steer people away or it could steer people f- closer it just depends on what he would have done to it mm-hmm. and because I mean the possibility of blind chance for anything is still even if it's small it's that possibility it's like why people buy lottery tickets that possibility yeah I don't know why yeah. they would do that see and that's that's the beauty of this it doesn't matter what what any of our views po- point is as long as we have an honest open viewpoint and we're never you know assholes about it yeah because at the end of the day tenements. we we can believe that we know but at the end we truly don't know we just put our faith into something and we hope the best happens and i think we all can pretty much agree there mm-hmm. because no matter what there's never going to be a definitive answer until we're dead and you're that's gonna, the beauty you're gonna like some of the episodes i've planned yeah I, I, I think i think about this i'm like man i want to talk about this but I have a whole episode planned for that, so I'm not gonna, not gonna dip my toes into that water quite yet. And this is this is why I love having these podcasts, and why I love, hopefully, having people reach out and ask these questions, or even if they don't ask us, ask their friends, ask themselves first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Because only thing that matters is you have a true, honest opinion, and you have a structured reason why you. And you that. think it out, like it's not just like, oh well, somebody told me this, so yeah, it makes sense. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing. Yeah. Because I don't know a lot of shit. Yeah. But Bailey respects me because I'm honest yes. about it. I guess so. And I lead <laughs> my way with trying to understand and wanting to comprehend but not knowing a lot of the time. And same with David. He under- he respects my viewpoints even if I don't have a fucking answer because I'm honest about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to have this conversation and willing to put my two cents or play devil's advocate for either of you fuckers because I've done both now. Yeah. Pretty, pretty fairly. Yeah. Th- this this episode seems more like a Bully Bailey episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I right. mean, with the... Uh, ooh. But David's still a fucking atheist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forget which episode, but I, I was playing like Devil's Advocate for my own thought process. <laughs> but It was th- probably... I think it was the free will one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For like the atheist side. Yeah. All right. Well, is there a next point we need to go to? That was pretty much it, actually. That was that was. I know I didn't have a whole lot for this one, but I we hope... we've discussed. I think. It, hopefully, it wasn't like a hot mess of a discussion because I know we went all over the place. But... but sometimes those are what are needed in this world. Hopefully, so... you guys enjoyed it. I still, mean, sometimes we got to get past you know the surface level and get to the nitty gritty and ask these questions and fucking and, argue with each other and figure out where we truly stand. Cause we, one of us might decide, Hey, yo, let's say Bailey. Hey, I have a question about this. Cause this point was brought up or I might be like, Hey, both these people, David and Bailey brought these points up. Let me think about it. Yeah. Or David might be like, maybe I'm not such a filthy fucking atheist. <laughs> but that's the beauty of this. Yeah. And I hope everyone who listens kind of has that same idealism and thought process yeah and it's just a fucking nice time to have yeah it's been it's been nice 
Yeah, so, so let, let us know if you guys have any thoughts on this episode. Uh, hit us up on our social media at Facing the Gates on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or if you want to send us an email at facingthegatespod mm-hmm. at gmail.com, you can be maybe the first person to send us an email because no one sent us an email yet. Yeah, Very sad. It's not 2006, but tweet us, motherfuckers. But listen. Or like send us links to like books or memes. like discussions or something. Send us links to anything. I mean, I'll take anything. Yeah. Because I'd like to, like, if someone has, like, oh, well, I read this and it helped explain it to me, I'd love to read it. Yeah. Or, hell, even if you know any of us personally, shoot us a message. Yeah. Ask a question. Yeah. You don't have to have, if it's a question you want answered on the podcast, we don't have to have a name to say. Yeah. We just, yeah, we just, we just want to try and, like, involve the, the listeners, if anyone's listening. <laughs> just you. yeah so i mean we we don't want it to just be like us having these conversations like obviously there's a point to us having these conversations but the other point is for you to have them also and to interact with us and to interact with other people yeah on these kind of topics so and we're all in this together so be nice to each other yeah all don't in be this a dick together yeah that that's my first rule yeah David, David is a one-on-one. Don't be a dick. The Church of David. Don't be a dick. <laughs> I'm not starting a church. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you know how it feels. Yeah. All right. I well. still, I'm still want to start not necessarily a church, but a house of open talk and understanding, and maybe even a little worship. Michael's house of wholesome chats. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> it's just a little coffee house in like the seedy part of town. But no coffee, just just tea. Yeah, coffee's not good. Maybe a little weed. <laughs> Just a therapy session. Maybe a bottle of whiskey for when things get really tough. <laughs> All right. We need to end this episode. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, get in contact and tell us what you thought about this episode. Uh, that's that's all I got. What do you guys got? Anything? That's really all I got. Just reach out, man. Or even if you don't reach out, have these honest conversations with yourself, with others you love and care about. And just have a better understanding of yourself first and foremost because that's what matters the most in this world we can only view light through our eyes so understand yourself your surroundings and how you affect the world and how the world affects you what about you atheist i mean yeah pretty much the same thing and love you guys be nice to each other take care we'll see you next week all right see you you next week. week thanks for listening